1: Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa, formerly of Cultivating the Lovely. And on this podcast, we focus on wellness, beauty, style, planning, and life. Basically, life is messy, and here we learn to live well anyway. So join me on this journey as we figure it out together. And just to get us started, I'll go first. Okay, today's guest to help us live well anyway is Alison Fallon. She recently came out with a brand new book called The Power of Writing It Down. And I think this book is so interesting for a lot of reasons, because I think a lot of us want to be writing more. We want to be journaling or maybe pursuing bigger writing goals, but it can be really hard to figure out how to get started on that path. And she definitely addresses that in this book as we will talk about in the episode. But she also talks about all these really Interesting things about what a writing practice can do for your life. It can help you overcome trauma. It can even build your immune system, which I just think is crazy and was a really fun crossover to all of the wellness topics that we've been talking about. But before we get started, I want to mention Patreon as I always do because. Even though I feel like I talk about it all the time, I'm kind of realizing that maybe I'm not making things as clear as I thought I was across social media. I've been having people reach out to me and be like, I didn't even know you had a podcast. Well, that's a problem and possibly something that I need to get past maybe, you know, talking about what I'm actually doing a little bit more because apparently people have no idea. If you're listening to this show, I assume you know that I'm on Instagram and I do stories there all the time and that we've got Patreon going on. But just in case you don't know what Patreon is, you hear me throwing around this word Patreon all the time, but you're not exactly sure what the heck Patreon is. Well, let me just tell you. Patreon is our membership community. It is where you can pay a small fee every month to get extra content and be welcomed into this amazing community of ladies. So what you get in there is a private Facebook group where I do daily live videos, where we chat about all kinds of different topics. We also really build community in there and through our Marco Polo Live Well Groups. These are super fun. You get placed into groups with other ladies who are trying to live well anyway, and you get to know each other so much better because it's through video, which can sound intimidating, but everyone ends up loving it once they get their feet wet. We also have a really fun behind the scenes Marco Polo group for our Eliza level members. That's our $15 level and those ladies get all the goods they get the dirt they get the behind the scenes they get the conversations that katie duckett and i have together as very very good friends and it's super fun you just get to be that fly on the wall to what we are talking about it's been a huge hit and we've been having a blast doing it and we have other fun perks like monthly zoom calls and help with your goals i even have private coaching levels if you want a little bit more guidance and figuring out next steps that you're trying to take in your own life there's so much there we've got five ten and fifteen dollar levels that are all named after the Skylar sisters in Hamilton because why not I mean we're just trying to pack in as much fun and goods and content as we can And we would love to have you join us. It is such a great community with lots of fun, extra content around the live well anyway vibe. So if that sounds interesting to you, just come over and check it out. See what we've got to offer. We would love to welcome you in. You can go to patreon.com slash live well together to find out more about it. So again, that's patreon.com slash live well together. Come check us out. All right, that's enough of my spiel. Let's get on with today's episode with Allison Fallon. Welcome,
2: Allison. Hi, thanks for having me.
1: I am so looking forward to having you on my show. As soon as your book came across my desk, I was like, oh, yep, I don't even know what it's about, but I know what I want (laughs) to have. I want to have her on the show. So that was super exciting. Anne Bogle turned me on to you a few years ago, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to follow this girl. So it's been super fun to follow your journey so far in the last couple of years, and I'm just delighted to get to talk with you today. Ah,
2: thanks. Well, I feel the same. Thanks for Uh, having me here.
1: Yes, absolutely. So for people who don't know who you are, would you go Mm -hmm. ahead and just introduce yourself?
2: Yeah. Well, my name is Allison Fallon. I am a writer, an author, a coach, and also the founder of organization called Find Your Voice, which is a community that helps people become writers and writers become authors. So we work with people who are working on book projects and help them get published, but also I do a lot of work teaching the content that we'll talk about today, which is the power of a practice like writing. Even if you have no publishing aspirations, to help you shape the life that you want to live and to know how to talk about your story and to understand yourself better. So that's really um, probably the thing I'm most passionate about.
1: And that's something I'm super excited to be able to talk with you about today, especially with what we've been doing with the podcast and Patreon this year. I mean, we've really kind of been trying to dig in, especially, I think like, after 2020, everybody's (laughs) feeling a little off kilter and like, hmm, maybe I need to like assess some things in my life and figure some stuff out. And so we've really been digging into that. And I just feel like your book is such a great tool to help people figure that out. Because like you were saying, it's not just for if you're wanting to get published. This is really about a practice of how writing Mm -hmm. can impact your life.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the... One of the things that I talk about all the time is how so few people consider themselves writers, and this keeps us from a regular practice like writing. But if you think about it, you write every single day. I, how many of you don't write, compose, and send at least three text messages or emails or direct messages or social media posts or something else like that every single day? So every day you're writing writing. And the question is, can you use that skill, that tool of writing in a way that's going to be helpful and beneficial for you, in a way that can improve your mood, in a way that can strengthen your immune system, in a way that can make you feel more confident? The answer, according to the data, is yes. And what I teach people is the actual practice of doing it. You know, How do I overcome the resistance to sit down to the page and actually write? What do I do when I'm staring at the blinking cursor and I can't think of what to say? Um, do I have to use a pen and paper to write or can I write on my computer? Uh, what time of day do I write when Mm -hmm. I, you know, what do I do if I have a story to tell that I'm, I'm scared of somebody else reading. So all of these obstacles that we bump into those of us who are engaging in this regular practice of writing, I help people along the path, um, as they're, they're using that tool.
1: Yeah. I just think that is so helpful because I hear about it from so many people that just that block and I want to be able to write but Mm. I don't know how to I mean even women who tell me like I've I want a journal I've bought so many journals it's just for me but I still I sit in front of the page and I think well what what even matters what do I even want to write
2: yeah it's really common I mean and the the term that you hear used all the time is writer's block this is a, a more of a publishing term when you're working on an assignment and you have a deadline and you can't think of what to say and you just kind of sit there and stare at the page and I always joke that the cursor is like mocking you it's like, yeah. you know, like you have a deadline. In yeah. one week. Um, but what I say is that writer's block is not really writer's block writer's block is life block because writing mirrors what's going on in our bodies and in our brains. So if you're engaging in a practice like writing and you can't think of what to say, this is diagnostic. It's telling you something when you can't think of what to say on the page. Usually it's because there's something you want to do or something you want to say in your life that you feel you cannot say or do. Mm -hmm. And the way that that manifests itself is through your writing. So writing can be this incredibly amazing diagnostic tool for you to see that there's something here. There's a block here. I'm stuck here at this place in my life. I'll give you a really practical example of how this showed up for me. I was working on a book several years ago. I was contracted to write a book about marriage and the working title of the book was our first years. And I was married to, uh, I've been married twice. I'm very happily married now, but I was married to a man back then. We'd been married for about four years at the time. And I was working on this book about how challenging our marriage had been in the first few years. And it was supposed to be this really redemptive story of how we'd like overcome all the challenges. And now we have this amazing partnership. And I would sit down to the page every day to write and I would sit there staring at the page and I would just not be able to think of anything to say and it just wasn't coming together. Or I would write a thousand words and I'd come back and read it the next day and just think like, this is total garbage. This is going to help absolutely nobody. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I felt like the book was a great idea, but the more that I tried to write it, the less, I felt like I was making any progress. And I had an, you know, an agent waiting for pages. I had the publisher waiting for pages. And I just, I just, no matter what I do, I did, I felt like I couldn't break through the block. Now, as I'm doing this, I uncover a piece of information that changed the way that I saw my marriage and my life forever. And you know the end of the story because you've been kind of following along with my my personal life on Instagram. But yeah. I ended up leaving that marriage, um, seeing it from a whole different perspective, realizing that it, I had not been told the truth for a very long time. The relationship itself was quite abusive and um, and leaving the marriage behind. And it didn't click for me until after the marriage was over. It should have been obvious, but but yeah. why... I couldn't write the book about the redemption of our marriage is because the marriage had not been redeemed or whatever. Yeah. It hadn't been transformed. And so you no know, <laughs> wonder. There was something I wanted to say and something I wanted to do that I didn't feel I could say or do. I wanted to say, you know, like <sighs> F you basically is what yeah. I wanted to say. Um And I wanted to file for divorce and I didn't feel that I had the right to file for divorce because I didn't have all the information. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until later that I realized looking back that that was what was really keeping me stuck. It wasn't right. I mean, writer's block was just showing me that there was a yeah. block of some other kind.
1: Yeah. Oh, well I, yeah, <laughs> I get that all <laughs> completely because I think, I mean, even just from the perspective of talking about being in something abusive like that, like a lot of people are like, well, why, why didn't you get out or, you know, whatever. Mm And it's like, you don't even realize how bad it is until you're not in it anymore. And then you start to get that perspective. I mean, I remember so many times because we went from, you know, living in this, House in the country with 12 acres. I mean, very, very isolated to. We moved into the heart of the city, into my parents' townhome, their two bedroom townhome. And my kids and I all slept on the living room floor for eight months. Oh my God. And so there, and then we moved in with my grandma after that, which was like a whole nother thing. But we, while I was there, I had all of these moments where I would get into a panic. Like my mom, left the refrigerator door open while she turned around to do something at the counter and I remember being like you you need to shut the why why do you have that open you've got to shut the oh my gosh you've got to shut the refrigerator like you can't just leave that open like that and uh I just remember her turning and looking to me like, what is wrong with you? You crazy person. It never dawned on me that like, Oh, that's not a normal reaction. Why am I in this like panic mode all the time? But I couldn't see it until I was out of it. And so it's that, that same thing. It was so hard for me to be able to produce much content Because what am I going to say? I feel like I'm living a lie. I'm trying to make this life look like it's this perfect country, homeschooled, whatever. And it's a living hell, you know? How do you translate that into content that you feel like is worth sharing? You just can't.
2: You can't. And, And this is what I tell writers all the time, even writers who we're working with who are looking to publish is, As you're working on whatever it is that you're working to publish, it will transform you before it can transform anyone else. So Mm -hmm. whatever you're writing about that, however, that subject is connected to your personal life. It's going to root out all the issues, all the problems, all the stuff, like all the ways that you deal with that issue. You know, like, let's say you're writing, writing about, you know, like healthy body image or something like that. Like, it's going to like dig down, root up, figure out all the ways that you deal with this issue and transform you in the process of writing it. And that process is pretty messy. Yeah, And so a lot of times the drafts, even if you're on a path to publishing, like let's just say you've got a story that you think you wanna share publicly in some way, as you're on that path, the, the early drafts are really messy and really vulnerable and probably not ready to be shared. And so we all, this is the reminder for everybody who's listening is, is that we all start in that place. We all start in the place where you just have to tell the truth about what's going on with you. Can, yeah. Nobody gets to skip that part, right?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Even if you're publishing. And so that's the beauty and the difficulty of the writing practice all wrapped up into one is that you can't write for very long and not see yourself show up on the page. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you're saying is, um, you know, we, you and I, because we've lived through this similar experience, got really good at not seeing what was true. We got really good at just yeah. not looking in the mirror yeah, and just as a survival mechanism, Uh we got good at pretending like everything's cool. It's all kosher. I'm totally fine. And it wasn't until you actually, the experience you described with your mom is so powerful because it's a moment of looking in the mirror where she's Mm -hmm. through mirror neurons. Literally you're seeing her reaction to your behavior. And that's when you're going, Oh, this is not normal that I feel this way. Um, So that can happen in an interaction with another human being. It can happen in therapy. It can happen in yoga. It can happen through a writing practice. So
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, ladies, I'm not going to lie. I've kind of mentioned it before, but I'm not super keen on the cooking these days. And out of all of the meals for me to actually prepare, breakfast is the one I loathe. The most because I'm not a morning person naturally. I'm staying up late with my teenager and I just don't have the energy to like cook real things in the morning. But I've also always been so hesitant to give my kids cereal because I know it's full of so much junk and doesn't really have much nutritional value or protein or anything to help them out and give them a good start to the day. So when we found Magic Spoon, I could have, you know, done backflips because it finally was the answer. It was what my kids want. They want that sweet tasting fun cereal. That's how they want to start out their day. And I just was never letting them do it, of course. But it also allows me to feel good about this choice because it's actually pretty darn good for them. It's got zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net carbs in each serving and it tastes amazing i was so shocked you know you hear about healthy cereal and you think it's probably going to taste like cardboard my kids are not going to find this palatable but not only do they i do as well i have kids who love each of the four main flavors that they have which are cocoa fruity frosted and blueberry i am partial to the cocoa because chocolate but you know whatever i get it wherever i can i love that it's keto friendly gluten free grain free soy free low carb and gmo free and it's really fun to see when they come out with specialty holiday flavors and that sort of thing. They're always mixing it up and having fun new things that they are offering on their website. I really can't say enough good things about it. It's been a great alternative for us. So you can go to magicspoon.com slash live well to grab a variety pack that has all those flavors in it and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code live well at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, which I would find shocking, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash live well and use the code live well to save $5 off. And I just want to thank Magic Spoon for not only creating a fabulous product, but sponsoring live well anyway. Thanks so much. I think that is so true and so powerful. I mean, I went through two years of counseling and all of that. And yet still, while I was reading parts of your book where you talk about getting limbic and writing from like a charged place, that still feels really scary. Mm. And so would you just talk a little bit about what that means? Because you go into it quite a bit in the book of, of kind of writing from that limbic place and and all of that. Would you just hit on that for a minute?
2: Yeah. I think the biggest thing to know is that a practice of writing works because it accesses a part of your brain that you don't access when you're communicating verbally. So that's the beauty of the writing practice is that the part of your brain called your limbic system, where you store trauma, where it, you know it's the more primal part of your brain, where most of your daily habits and behaviors come from, because most of that stuff is automated for us. Mm-hmm. So that part of your brain we don't access very often. For the most part, it's like I I talk about I give the analogy in the book of like the the garage. It's like if you took the um, architecture plans for your house and put them in the garage and never went out there and looked at them. It doesn't change the structure of your house, your house is the structure of your house. But you, you don't necessarily go out to the garage and look at the plans. You don't have to look at the plans in order for them to be the plans. <laughs> yeah. So this is the same thing with our limbic system. A lot of the habits and behaviors that we kind of wonder about ourselves during the day, like, you know, um, like maybe you think like, gosh, I wish I drank less. Like I never really feel, I drink like three glasses of wine before I go to bed. And I never really feel that great when I wake up the next morning. And so then I'm like, tonight I'm not drinking. You know, And then it, and then 5.30 rolls around, and your kids are screaming, and you're stressed out, and it's been a long day at work, and you're just like, you know, it sounds really good. It's a glass <laughs> of wine. And then you ask yourself again, you're like, the next morning, you're like, why did I do that? I remember that I get a headache when I drink three glasses of wine, and I just don't feel great after I do that. So why do I do that to myself? Those behaviors that you repeat and that you do over and over and over again are grown out of our limbic system and so then when you try to change that behavior like at the beginning of the year we're all like setting mirrors resolutions or whatever we do and you think like this year is going to be different this year I'm going to get in a good workout routine this year I'm going to you know read more books I'm going to watch less tv whatever I'm going to do and and you're very determined to do it And you set out with this discipline to do it, but what you're, you're using your prefrontal cortex, you're using the logical analytical part of your brain Mm -hmm. in order to create that change when it's not where the behavior lives, the behavior lives in your limbic system. So writing helps us access that deeper, more primal part of our brain so that we can pull up to the surface, what's going on in that part of the brain. And we can have a greater understanding about where our behavior is coming from. Um, there's a lot more I could say about that, but that's kind of the basics of how the writing process works.
1: Yeah. And it's that, that can feel a little, I don't know, unhinged. <laughs> like it's totally. it, to, to go there is a very like raw place to be when you really access that and start writing from there. But you even give the example in the book of, you know, when you write and you know, like a supercharged email where, when you're really mad at somebody or, you know, like it's, it's that kind of like coming from this place that kind of automatically gives you some sort of response in your body. And I remember I, I never really, I don't think I really thought about that ever before I went to counseling. And she would ask me, well, where do you feel that in your body? it's like, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I do have like my body is reacting like your body. If you start listening to it, it betrays how you're actually feeling <laughs> because <laughs> your body is going to react whether or not your brain is saying like, I can be logical about this. Like you're totally body is going to
2: have those reactions. Yeah. I mean, what you're getting at is that there's just no denying the truth. The truth is yeah. the truth, whether you want to admit that it's the truth or not. And yeah. so. Just like I talked about putting the plans for your house in the garage, if you wanted to pretend that your bathroom was your dining room and you (laughs) wanted to set up a table in the middle of the bathroom and you wanted to put curtains up in there and try to make it look like a dining room, you could. And guests would come over and you'd leave them in there and they'd be like, this looks like it used to be a bathroom. And you're like, no, no, this is the dining room. You could pretend all you wanted, but at the end of the day, it's not a dining room, it's a bathroom. And I think, you know, our bodies, uh, if you haven't read the book, the body keeps the score. It's one of the more profound books that I've read in my life. And um, what you're getting at is exactly that, which is that our bodies will show us what is true. And just because your, your frontal cortex doesn't want to acknowledge what's true, doesn't make it untrue. Yeah. Um, it's really difficult to override the limbic system for any extended period of time. You can do it for a while but you can't do it reliably over the long haul because your limbic system will take over. So, yeah, this is why leaving trauma in our lives undealt with is really dangerous because you can kind of like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go about your life and show up at work on time and do your thing and until you get triggered and then the truth comes out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that is that is scary. And so it's, it's worth it to do the work to deal with everything. But I mean, you even mentioned in the book that this, you know, writing can really uncover a lot of things like you may need some help to come alongside you in that process if you have pretty significant trauma.
2: Yeah, I'm really specific about that in the book. And I think this matters because writing can be an amazing tool for self therapy. But it's not therapy. And if you have really deep trauma that you've dealt with, um, then probably pulling in some additional support from a therapist. In fact, I'll say it this way. If you have deep trauma, or actually even if you don't, if you're just a human being out there in the world and you lived through 2020, then you have trauma. (laughs) And if you have the means to hire a therapist, please hire a therapist. You can meet with them once a month. You can meet with them four times a year. You can meet with them twice a week. I don't care... often you meet with them, but we all need the type of help and support that a therapist can provide. So if you have the means to do it, please, by all means, do that. I think what writing does is for someone who's a little hesitant to enter into a therapeutic process, it offers like a great gateway into the idea of exploring like what's going on below the surface inside of myself so it's a really great way to like get organized before you move into a therapeutic process. It's also an amazing ancillary tool to someone who's already in therapy. So if you're already seeing a therapist and your therapist asks you a question at the end of the session and they say, think about this until you come back next time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: try journaling about it yeah. for a handful of times before you come back next time. And watch how much more progress you make in your therapy. You know, you're spending 150 like in LA, it's like $225 a session or whatever. Wow! So you're spending all this money to go see a therapist. You might as well like double and triple the speed at which you're clearing these things up, these clearing these blockages up in your life. It's not all about speed, but it is, you know, you might as well make the most of the time that you're you're spending with your therapist. So it's an amazing tool to do that. And, um, you know, I hope that for someone who may not be able to afford therapy, I, I really do, there are lots of, options out there. So don't just say like, well, I can't afford it. Um, seek out opportunities, you know, like either through insurance or, um, some, there are lots of free resources out there for therapy as well. Mm -hmm. But also I hope writing can be a super accessible tool for people who are interested in therapy or want to do therapy, but don't feel that they can go, they can afford to Mm -hmm. go visit their therapist, you know, like every day of the week. I did a lot of this when I was going through the divorce. Um, I would see my therapist. Thankfully, I'm very well resourced and I have the privilege of seeing a therapist once a week for mm-hmm. m- many years after the divorce. But what I would do is between sessions, I would write every day. So then when I came to my therapy sessions, I would sit, sit down and sa- they'd say, like, what do you want to talk about today? And I would say, like, I have five things I want to talk about today. Yeah, <laughs> They've all come up in my writing between, you know, the last time I saw you and now.
1: That's so helpful because I think a lot of people go into writing or into counseling, not really knowing what to expect or how it's going to help them or what to say, how to answer that question when a counselor says, you know, what is it you want to talk about? It can be kind of like blank slate. Well, I don't know. That's why I'm here. You're supposed to figure it out. You know, you tell me
2: what we're going to talk about.
1: (laughs) But to actually kind of have that plan of action, like you're saying, I think it makes it so much more effective. And especially if you've taken the time, like I remember a lot of times when I would be going, you know, I'm driving there going, well, what, what am I going to bring up today? You know, but actually letting it have that effect throughout the week and doing the writing and and going deeply with it and trying to kind of ferret things out for yourself to bring to the table to be able to sort out I think is so much more like you're saying productive and helpful and moves the process along so much more quickly
2: yeah it's really true
1: yeah okay ladies you know we're kind of past the fun and the hype of the holidays and we're plunged into that time of year where it's just kind of dark and cold and it keeps us inside and you just want to press into the hookah and be curled up on the couch with a blanket and some hot tea and you want to watch a show. That's one of my favorite ways to escape all of the cold and the dreariness of my area. Nothing feels more transportive than watching a brilliant TV show from across the pond. I love me some British television. For one, it exposes me to so many things that I just never knew growing up. I love the accents. I love the different culture that they have over there while still speaking English, which is helpful. And Acorn TV allows me to get my total fill on the British TV. So Acorn TV is a streaming service that's rooted in British television. It has a rich catalog of exclusive award-winning series across genres, including mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. From production to performances, the series you'll find on Acorn TV are exceptional because they're cleverly written, which I adore. They're visually striking and feature renowned actors like David Tennant and Tandy Newton. If you're a fan of quirky British comedy like I am, The Other One is a must-watch. It follows two sisters from very different worlds who had no idea the other even existed until their father drops dead. And for you Downton Abbey fans out there, The Other One features a hilarious performance from beloved Siobhan Finneran. Plus, you get thousands of hours of new, refreshing content on Acorn TV for a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services at just $5.99 a month. And I can watch it on my phone, my TV, my computer. It's really nice to be able to get it on whatever device I want to watch on. So escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code LIVEWELL. That's acorn.tv code live well to get your first 30 days for free. Now, I do want to talk about you you hit a lot in the book about I mean there's there's a lot of science in there that you kind of go into which I found incredibly interesting. I mean, everything from rewriting the neural pathways in our brains and creating habits and all of that To You even talk about how writing can actually boost your immunity and that like blew yeah. my mind. How did you even find that research?
2: I mean, it's crazy that this research has been out here for as long as it has. And it's a huge body of research. This is not just like a handful of studies that have been done. The research has been out here for Decades showing how powerful of a tool writing is to produce these changes in our lives and so I was shocked that I hadn't known about it until halfway through my career I've been teaching this content for ten years since mm-hmm. well, eleven now t- since 2010 and um, I've been coaching writers and using writing as a practice in my own life and I had anecdotally watched this be true and so when i I had watched it be true that when you write about a subject it it helps you heal in that area of your life. Um, but I didn't have any research to back it up until I stumbled across this, this massive body of research that there is. And the reason that statistic that you mentioned about writing improving your immune system is so fascinating to me is because I just think if, if an act like writing for as little as 20 minutes a day for four days in a row can have a measurable impact on your immune system, the way your body treats um, you know, foreign invaders yeah then imagine the impact that it could have on your mental health your emotional health your, the, all of the other aspects of our lives that we're concerned about if it's having that kind of an impact on our actual cellular biology the way our bodies act and respond in an environment that to me the, the it's limitless the other kinds of impacts that it could have so um so i always start with that statistic but definitely but, and it's also fascinating in the middle of a pandemic to say, you know, people who write regularly visit the doctor for upper respiratory infections and flu 50% less often yeah. than those who don't write. So, I mean, I'm not saying like, don't also take your vitamins and like, you know, yeah,
1: don't take wear a mask. Yeah. I'm <laughs> just saying
2: like, like, you know, it it seems applicable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And also writing can, you know, increase your confidence. It helps you have a deeper understanding of yourself and your story, which helps you feel more focused on a day-to-day basis. Writing is an amazing way to deal with anxiety. It can curb depression. It can, it can can just have such a tremendous impact on our mental, emotional, and physical health.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've witnessed that even as, um, a lot of the listeners and especially patrons this year, we're really trying to take note of things. So we have the ability to look back on them. You know, we've joked a lot, like even the Israelites in the desert, like God had to be like, hey, put these rocks here because you're going to forget that this happened. <laughs> and yeah, I did this big thing for you. I mean, just like having these notes to be able to look back on and say, OK, I've I've either been through this sort of thing before or... This is how I've coped with things in the past or just we, we are so quick to forget things in our lives and being able to kind of take a measure of those, I think, is really powerful to even be able to see how we want to be living our lives on a daily basis. I've come to my goals for 2021 very differently than I feel like I have any other year. I've scaled them way back and I've thought more like what can I be doing today that is going to change something small that I can repeat over and over again yeah
2: yeah I love that
1: yeah it's been so helpful but even figuring out what I want those things to be there's been a lot more of stepping into the year and kind of seeing well what is working in my life and writing that down and then saying okay those are the things I actually want to do Not on the list of, well, I should do this, and this is what other people are doing, but these are the things that are actually working in my life, and I feel like I can be consistent about, you know, showing back up for day after day after day, and I don't think I would have come to that same place and found those same conclusions if I wasn't writing it down. Yeah, yeah, huge
2: difference. It really does.
1: So if somebody is just starting out, they're like, okay, great. I want to boost my immunity. (laughs) And you said I need to like write for 20 minutes every day for four days in a row. When they sit down there, I mean, I know you go into this obviously in much more depth in the book, but when they sit down there, where do they start?
2: Great question. So I want to talk about the practicals of this really quickly, because you mentioned 20 minutes and 20 minutes is the amount of time that the data shows produces the most immediate change so people the what it, the data showed was people who write for 20 minutes a day for up to four days in a row experience these benefits for up to six months so you could technically if you wanted to hack the system you could write for four days in a row you could not write again for six months and you would experience the benefit all of the benefits that writing shows. Um, the reason why I don't recommend doing that is because I think there's such an incredible power in building a habit that, um, yeah. is that you automate that you just like I talked about with all those other behaviors like the drinking wine or whatever it is, if you can automate the behavior of sitting down to the page, of staying present of asking yourself good questions of responding to these prompts, then, you know, you have a healthy habit support system tool that you can use, you can return to again and again, and again, even when life circumstances get really challenging. So. I recommend that if 20 minutes sounds like a lot to you and it's to some people, it really does sound like a lot. Mm -hmm. then don't Don't do 20 minutes, tell yourself five minutes or tell yourself two minutes or whatever the amount of time is that you think I can reasonably do that every single day. Then I would pick that amount of time and start there because what will happen is once you build the foundation and you start to see these benefits pop up in your life, you're going to feel intrinsically motivated to return to this activity and to do it, do even more of it. So People will tell me all the time, like, I'm not disciplined enough to be a writer. I could never, you know, write for five minutes a day. And I'm like, it's not a thing to, ha- to be not disciplined. There's nobody who's yeah. not disciplined. It's, you don't have to have, like, um, the mentality where it's like, no excuses. Sit down and, you know, get your writing done. Think about how you feel getting out of bed on a day when you're going to do something that you really love doing. That's how you will eventually over time, if I do my job really well, you'll, that's how you'll feel about your writing practice. So you won't need discipline to do it. You just need to get in a habit where you're starting to experience some of these benefits where you're starting to feel more, you're starting to feel calmer and more understood. And you're starting to really get to dig into your own personal story. It's going to feel intrinsically rewarding and you're going to feel intrinsically motivated to do it. So that's my advice around that. I could talk in the book. I unpack like where to write, what time of day to write. Um, I talk about adding your writing to your your calendar, your scheduling app, whatever you use for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't need to get into all of that here, but I will talk about a simple prompt that you can use. Um, I teach us several different prompts in the book. But because you talked about asking a question like, um, you know, what's really working for me right now? Mm -hmm. An amazing way to, to give yourself prompts is just to ask yourself questions that you've been asking in your life anyway. Like maybe you're asking the question, um, well, what's really working for me in my life right now, (laughs) or what's not working. You know, one question I've been asking myself lately, is like, how can I have better boundaries in my life? Because this overwhelm that I've been feeling works for a season and you can, you can handle it for a season, but over the long haul, this will be total burnout for me. And that's not going to work. Yeah. So how can I create better boundaries in my life? And I can just write that at the top of the page. How can I create better boundaries for myself in my life? Question mark. Then I can free write for two to five to seven to 20 to 40 minutes about the answer to that question. And what I'll find is that there are many answers to that question that are buried in my limbic system that I don't have access to immediately without doing the writing, but that are there. And that when I pull them up, I actually have this like perfectly tailored to me advice about how to answer this question. And, you know, I'll be really realistic that it doesn't always happen in one writing session, but if you do this for four days in a row, for even five minutes at a time, you will start to answer your own question and you'll, you'll discover the most powerful thing that any of us can ever discover, which is that the most important person who can answer our questions is us. We can read books. Sure. We can go see a therapist. We can, um, you know, like, hire a coach or do whatever else, but even a good therapist or coach is going to help you figure out what you think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: that is, you know, it's a miracle of the writing process that you can, you know, the other day I wrote down at the top of my page, I'll read you what I wrote because this will just give your listeners a sense. I wrote, how can I create better boundaries in my life? Question mark. And I just spent, I spent 20 minutes making this list But this was just stream of consciousness, whatever came to mind. The first thing I wrote was transition meditations, which is a technique that I learned a long time ago where you like pause for 30 seconds to five minutes between activities. So like right before I got on with you, I had just hung up another webinar and I took a second, put both my feet on the floor, took a few deep breaths and was like, I'm about to, you know, meet Mackenzie, be on the Liveable Anyway podcast just kind of like got my mind and my body in the presence of what I'm about to do. So that's one way that I can create better boundaries in my life. I wrote wait to speak. Um, so just instead of saying yes, immediately saying, let me think about that. Or can I have yeah. some time to think about that? I wrote, make your yes mean yes. And your no mean no. I wrote no phone zones. So I've started plugging my phone in outside of my bedroom at night, meaning at, after 10 PM, I don't have a phone with me and I don't have it again until seven again, seven the next morning. Um, I wrote setting intentions, meditation, quiet. I wrote, know your worth. And then I wrote time blocking. Don't take it personal. Own what's yours. And then I put in parentheses, as far as it relies on you, be at peace with everyone. And then I wrote no to drama.
0: Hmm.
2: So I answered my own question. And your list would be different than my list if you answered the same question. And some, yeah. of, some of you listening may think, well, well, I don't even need to answer that question. I have like so much space and boundaries in my life right now. <laughs> I <don't even> need <laughs> boundaries, I But maybe there's a different question that you could ask yourself that you could unearth some of the answers that have always been with you.
1: Yeah, I think that's so good, because like you're saying, we just uh, we have to get to that place. And I think maybe it can even kind of take writing for a few minutes until you get to that place where the real deeper stuff is pouring out. Totally. I've had a couple of realizations lately because I've I've been journaling, I would say, more consistently over the past year because I thought that would be a good way to start warming up to I want to be able to write a book and you know move in that direction, but I needed to start getting words down and getting into that practice. But even in this last week, even just journaling about very specific things like one topic in this journal... Other things have come up about other topics there where you're like, oh, I don't even make that connection. And it just kind of starts spilling out into other areas of your life. But you've got to kind of get yourself in that rhythm and in that place to be able to do that.
2: Totally. Yeah, I think to your point, you will be shocked at the way you can connect the dots of your life and that you, you actually it's good to have a little bit of uh, guidance in the beginning on this journey of writing so that you, when you get stuck, you have a place where you can ask questions and stuff. But over time you start to lead yourself on this journey, just like a good therapist would. You're like, you notice a pattern that shows up in your writing and you think like, I wonder where that's coming from. And then you ask yourself a question to figure out where it's coming from and you unearth where it's coming from and you make a connection to your childhood and you kind of are able to unwind a behavior. And then, you know, that presents a new thing for you to work on. It's, it becomes, at least it has for me, it becomes this really rewarding process of self-growth, self-care, self-awareness that I, I feel like I can live my day. um, I can face an infinite number of problems as we all do, but I have the agency, I have the accountability and I have the ownership to be able to overcome those things to the best of my ability to learn more about myself in the process and really to bring the best of myself to my life and to the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, ladies, you've been hearing me talk a lot about this one lately because My kids and I absolutely love it. And that's the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box. It is so much fun. We love getting it on our porch every month with new recipes of fun new things that we can try, all kinds of body care products and things for our house. I love that it's like an automatic way to change the scent profile of my home every month to match the season and the vibe of what you would want to be in your home, but maybe you don't want to try to think about or put in the effort to figure out how to change up the scents in your home. It just automatically does it for me. And they are wonderful. There's just something about creating a scent profile in your home that makes it feel more cozy and homey, which is perfect for this time of year when you're trying to make things more hygge. We have just been having so much fun and being able to do it together, have these planned activities that we know we're looking forward to, and we get some really fun products out of it in the end. So this is how it works. The Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. You get four pure essential oils and natural ingredients delivered to your doorstep. And you guys, these oils are 100% pure. They come from the best farms all over the world. And the amount of oils that you get in each box would cost over $100 from other companies. Then you also get the easy-to-follow recipes to make six different products with the oils, and you get some of the ingredients in the box, and then you get to enjoy the peace of mind that comes from using natural products that you know the ingredients of because you made them yourself. All of Simply Earth's essential oil recipes are tried and tested by in-house certified aromatherapists. The recipe box has over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they give 13% of their profits to help end human trafficking. So you can get the Simply Earth essential oil recipe box with the four pure oils, six recipes and extra ingredients for only $39 a month. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more natural goodies. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming or break the bank. Have fun making your home toxin free and teaching your kids how to do it along with you with Simply Earth's essential oil recipe box. Plus get a free 80 milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using my URL. simplyearth.com well. Again, get your recipe box, your big bonus box, and a free 80 milliliter diffuser when you go to simplyearth.com well. So I am so curious because you have this company where you help people define their voices and everything. Is it just people who come to you who are wanting to publish or are there people who come to you just like Hey, help me to make this a practice in my life.
2: Now we work with a ton of writers who just are looking for a a way to focus their journaling efforts. So we have a product we call grow, Write That's a 90 day program, helping people implement a regular practice of writing in their life and then give their writing some direction. So it asks, you know, it sends you two different prompts every single day. One prompt is a little bit deeper. One's a little bit more lighthearted. So you can kind of choose your own path, depending on how you feel that day. And, um, it takes you on a journey based on what you write offering you, you know, prompts so that you feel like your writing isn't just aimless that it actually has a direction. So that's one of the products that we have. Um, there are a bunch of different ones, but that's one that we have that's really perfect for people who are like, I want a journal, but I just never know what to write.
1: Yeah. I love that. I think that's super helpful because I know so many women who want to do it and just kind of feel stuck or like, it doesn't matter. And That's also why I love some of those other points that you brought up more towards the end of the book, like writing it like a love letter, like having it just be to one really specific person or idea of a person that you're writing to can kind of help it to feel more centered, I
2: guess. Totally. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because this book for me, I teach people this all the time to write the book like a love letter to write it to a person. And this book for me was a love letter to anyone out there who, who wishes they could write, but doesn't feel like a real writer. Mm -hmm. So I meet people all the time who feel that way. And I know, and I am a person who has felt that way before in my life that I've known, I have something to say. I've known, I have a message to share with the world, but I felt like for whatever reason, my whole list of reasons that I wasn't qualified to, you know, deliver it. And Um, I really wanted to provide encouragement for anybody, whether, whether you want to publish or not, Mm -hmm. if you feel like you have something to express with your life that hasn't been expressed yet, then I wrote this book for you and I hope you are able to read it as the love letter that it is.
1: I think that very much comes through in your writing. You, you give it up as such a, a tool for people to be able to grow from. I think that, that, that is very apparent in the way that you wrote it. And and I like what you kind of keep coming back to is even if you don't want to show it to anyone, like you, you even address that in the book, this doesn't necessarily have to be anything that you would show anyone. This can just be for you.
2: Totally. And sometimes it's really important that it's just for you. It, it, people ask me all the time, like, how do I know when I'm ready to share? And that we could have a whole other podcast episode about that. And I'm actually teaching a webinar next week on that topic. So... It's like, a you know, we could talk for hours about it, Mm -hmm. but I guess my point in saying it here is that, um, especially if you've experienced something really traumatic, and I'm guessing that your listeners probably have because they're resonating with what you're sharing, which is coming out of a place of your healing your own trauma. And so if you've experienced something traumatic in your life, um, there's incredible power in what psychologists call disclosure. So telling someone else what has happened to you. Mm. the problem with disclosure is it can get really tricky. Like if, if I'm in an abusive relationship and I go tell a Mm -hmm. friend that I'm in an abusive relationship, I've now put myself in danger. Yeah. So um, the beauty of writing is that you can disclose something to yourself. You don't have to tell anyone else immediately or right away until, until you know who would be a safe person to tell. Um, And you can tell yourself and, and, Oftentimes, the act of telling yourself brings into clarity who is the next person you could or should tell. Mm-hmm. So rather than, you know, like I'll have, I don't travel and speak that often. I don't do, I haven't done it all year in 2020 because yeah. of COVID. But when I used to travel and speak, I would have women line up for, um, you know, 40 minutes after a speaking engagement to come and tell. They would tell me they're the worst thing that had happened to them or that they're in an abusive marriage or we're dying to disclose something okay. to someone else. And, you know, at first I was like, this is so odd that they're telling me this because I'm a total stranger. And like, why are they trusting me? And, and over time, I started to see this as really sacred. Like there's something so sacred about the act of disclosure that the best thing I can do for someone is just be a safe place for them to disclose and literally just never tell anyone ever again. Um, that there's, there is freedom in that sense of disclosure, but it can be, again, tricky because it depends on who you disclose it to. So writing can be a way for you to disclose this information to yourself so that you can have more clarity about either what to do next or who to tell next.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that is so important. And I think probably those people felt like they were willing to tell you also because you would understand. Yes. And so much of the time, I think especially probably around abuse and that sort of thing a mm-hmm. lot of people don't understand and so when you spot one of those people who you feel like is safe that's that's a very empowering yes. you know pushes you forward to want to kind of expose what's
2: going on totally I think you're right about that it's it's a sense of even though you know it's never like I shouldn't say never. It wasn't like it was always like I was abused and, you know, they said that and then I'm like me too. But there is a sense of me too in the conversation, just by the way that you look at someone in the eye, even. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that can make you feel so much less alone in an experience that is incredibly isolating.
1: Yeah. And, and so many people just, if you, if you haven't been through that, you don't really, you don't really understand what it's like or the power it has over mm. you or how to break free from that or you know there's there's a lot to it i think it gets very misconstrued in our culture and i mean i had my own opinions about it before i realized like oh i'm in that too you know
2: yeah your own opinions about abusive relationships you mean
1: yeah and yeah. we're in them and you know why don't you just leave or why you know and it's yeah isn't
2: that so funny that you and that, hilarious? I find that to be like the most ironic thing possible. That I would have said to my, I would have said to a woman, yeah, who was getting abused, like, why wouldn't you just leave? And I was literally in. Yeah, I remember so vividly having a woman say to me, "Um, I, I don't think it, it was. I think it's. I don't recommend doing what she did. I guess is what I'm saying. She meant well, but I don't recommend doing what she did because it complicates things. But I was in the abusive marriage." And she pulled me aside and said, I'm worried about you. Are you in an abusive marriage? Which again, intentions were great. And she's one of the few people who ever spoke up about what they saw Mm -hmm. in my relationship while I was in it. And that there's, there's a piece of that that I admire, but she did also kind of put me in danger because of course my spouse was like, what did she say? You know, was very curious about what was said to me. And, um, and, and I remember my feeling being like, how could she possibly say something like that to me? Like, how could she accuse me of something like that? And it wasn't until much later, looking back, that I was like, oh, she actually just had a lot of discernment about what was happening with me that I didn't even have for myself at the time. Yeah. But it's, it's amazing to me how self-deluded we can be, even when mm-hmm. we think of ourselves as being pretty self-aware
1: yeah or bold, and oh, that could never happen to me. I'm too opinionated, sure. or you know whatever, and to realize it's not just any one type of woman or in you know, or person you know and doesn't have to just be women um it yeah, <laughs> I mean, all that to say, this isn't the topic of what we're talking about today, yeah. but I do think that it applies, and it's um it's helpful to be able to feel like you were saying you can disclose that to somebody. You can start to work some of that out. So you can start to see what's really happening in your life, whether it's abuse or anything else in your life to be able to work through that and, and see things a little bit more clearly. I think we can get lost in the day to day of what we're caught up in. And until we do something more reflective, like writing it down, we just don't notice what's really happening.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So true.
1: Well, I think that is a good place for us to be wrapping things up. I really hope I th- I'm so glad that this book is coming out at the beginning of the year. I think it's a great beginning of the year book to be reading I'm sure they did that intentionally but just to help people as they're thinking about well what could writing do for me even if they're not at all interested in it being anything more than a very personal practice or if they are you know I just think that this is a great tool and you did a really good job
2: developing it thank you Mackenzie thanks and thanks for today's conversation this was really it was really great to talk with you and um, I'm just glad that you're leading this group of people in the way that you are. Um, because the, the story that you have lived really matters and is really important. And I know you're, you're an encouragement to so many who follow along. So thanks for inviting me into this space.
1: Absolutely. Well, do you want to do some fun things now? I do. Well, I yeah, know. bring it on. But tough deep talk. Okay. So what does a typical day look like for you? And I know it's probably a little up in the air because you just moved and you have a baby. And, but yeah. What does it kind of look like for you right now?
2: So starting at the beginning of 2020, 2021, my typical day is wake up around 6 or 6.30 a.m., have a little bit of time to myself, assuming my daughter sleeps the way that she uh, the way that we hope she sleeps. And then around seven, she wakes up. I spend time with my daughter from seven to eight thirty, And then I get ready from eight thirty to nine thirty, And then I have my work day. I, I do like a, I have 30 minutes blocked at the beginning of the day to do my writing that kind of sets my intention for the day and clarifies, you know, what my most important tasks are. And then um, my work day goes from like 11 to five ish. And then okay. And then, you know, because we're in pandemic times, I never have any plans at night. So I do, you know, we, we do like bath time, dinner time, all of that bedtime. My daughter goes down around seven 30. And then sadly lately, the MO has been from seven 30 to 10 30. I'm like responding to emails and getting caught up on things. But my hope would be that moving forward that 7 30 to 10 30 is like bath time read a book um yeah. like my personal bath time is what i mean like you know yeah. like take a bath <laughs> read a book uh relax that would be that'd be the ideal
1: yeah hopefully you can just get through book launch season yes, and then that you. won't be <laughs> such a thing anymore <laughs> okay so what is one way in the you know
2: kind of chaos of your
1: move and everything lately that you have been choosing to live well anyway
2: man i I think just the idea of presence. So like taking moments, even if it's 30 seconds where you just are like, here I am, it's January 8th, it's 1.54 PM central standard time. I'm sitting in the office in my house, both feet are on the floor. I'm taking a deep breath or, you know, like with my daughter, it's like tuning into her sitting down on the floor with her and um, playing with a toy with her and listening to her laugh and just kind of like cultivating a contentedness around the mm. simplicity of the moment that to me has brought me a lot of uh sanity in the midst of I mean the move I wish I could have like given people a little window into like the total chaos of my life for oh. the last yeah. 2 months we were like in transition between two houses for 3 months which by the way I do not recommend with a newborn it's, yeah. it was a total nightmare but um but yeah, like just those simple moments of connection with the people that you love can bring you such deep joy that yeah. it carried me through even all of the commotion.
1: Well, I love to hear that, and your daughter is just about the cutest
2: thing. Thank oh my word! You. I think so too. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> she's so cute. Okay, now I just have some fun "this or that" kinds of questions. Are okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, candles or essential oil diffuser? Essential oils. Okay, cloth napkins or paper? Ooh, cloth. City or country? City. Okay, paper or digital? Paper. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? As if we really have much of a choice right now. I know, but online all the
2: way. I'm not a shopper, I don't like going to stores.
1: All right. It's whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music?
2: Oh, it depends on my mood, totally. But I would say music more if I need a break.
1: Okay. And what would be like your favorite thing to turn to?
2: Marin Morris is like, she's like the top, number one on my playlist right now. Okay. Chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports?
1: No, sports. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was enthusiastic. <laughs> Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Ooh. I know, it's a hard one. Favorite
2: movie. Is it sad that I can't even think of a movie? I can't even <laughs> tell of the last time I watched a movie. There's
1: not been much content in the I last know. So... <laughs>
2: What I haven't even watched lately. Yeah, I'm drawing a complete blank. I that really... is the first time anyone
1: has just ever answered. Like, I don't even know any. I
2: don't even know. I'm like, all I can think of, here's the thing. So in the last 12 months, I feel like the only kind of television I can stomach is either something I've already seen, because it's very predictable and I know what's coming, or yeah. or like a stupid romantic comedy, which yeah. I would not classify any of those as my favorite movies, but like a movie like The Holiday, for example, <gasps> is like so fun and like easy to watch and I would turn that on in a heartbeat I love that movie but it's I hard to call that my going,
1: uh, favorite it's my favorite okay so, okay claim it because <laughs> i think and especially right now it's exactly what we need like yeah we just need
2: like a little lightheartedness we need life to like turn out perfectly exactly yeah
1: <laughs> and it's like for for any personality type it's gonna work out like yeah, yeah whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is you faced in your past you're gonna you're gonna have it pulled together i totally. just I, literally new year's eve <laughs> It was a sad, pathetic New Year's Eve. But I, I spent the evening crying and watching the holiday. Like, that's how oh I ushered in 2021. I was like, I just
2: need this right It's now. very appropriate. It's very yeah. on brand for 2020. Yes, so It
1: really is. Okay, and a final question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy, and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum?
2: I'm pretty crunchy. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. I'm like a seven. Yeah, Yeah. I like in my dream life would like compost. And, you know, I've I've adapted over time. But yeah, I'm like, I'm all for the I'm all for the crunch.
1: All right. Sounds good. I I'm in Spokane, Washington. Oh, yeah.
2: I I went to school in Spokane. I went to Whitworth.
1: No way. That's so fun. Well, look at that. We shared the same city for a while. We did. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure to have you and I hope so many people enjoy your book.
2: Thank you, Mackenzie. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Bye. All right, ladies, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. It was so much fun to get to pick her brain and hear a little bit more of her process and what this book can do for us. I have really been enjoying this book. I think it's super interesting, and I think you will too. And if you want to snag a copy, you can find the link in our show notes. So you can just swipe up in whatever app you're listening to, or you can go to my website at mckenziecoppa.com and click on podcast. And there you can find all of the links to all of our show notes and all the goods. So that is kind of the main hub of where everything is at. And if you didn't know, I also have a really fun post that goes live every Friday that's called Five Friday Favorites, and I feature that on my blog. So if you're wondering, you know, fun things to be listening to or fun new shows to watch, or sometimes they're not that new, but they're new to me. I talk about skincare. I talk about fashion. Anything is game for me to put in the five Friday favorites. So you're going to want to come over and check that out on the blog. And if you want it to just be kind of like spoon fed to you like, Hey, this is the new content that I have out. These are the new podcasts. This is what I'm loving on Instagram. These are my five Friday favorites. Then you're going to want to subscribe to my newsletter. You can go to mckenziecoppa.substack.com and be able to subscribe for free. We've got perks in there like Trello board templates and all kinds of fun things that you can get for free. But you can also get a reminder every week and I do a little bit of extra chatting in there. It's really fun because you guys can also respond in in the comments so it's kind of this thread interactive thing where you guys can get involved with the newsletter and get to know each other as listeners of live well anyway which I think is super fun the newsletter is actually called well anyway and it's just kind of me getting to share things for my week and things that I'm learning and it's a little bit more intimate picture of what is happening with the whole live well anyway platform so come over again to mckenziecoppa.substack.com. You can subscribe for free. We would love to have you be a part of that and be able to stay on top of all the Live Well Anyway content. All right, ladies, thank you so much for listening. I do not take it lightly that you let me into your earbuds or your speakers every week. It is such an honor and I really appreciate your loyalty and your consistency in listening. It makes a big difference in my life and my ability to provide for my kids. So, you know, thank you. I've I really appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you have a wonderful day. And until next week, go be bold and gracious.